times at the Clark house. Mm-hmm. Realistic raccoons in the tiki bar. Heck, if people are gonna, like, people who don't know us are gonna be like, they took a squirrel to Disneyland? What? podcast where we discuss retro horror and sci-fi television and oftentimes we do television shows but tonight we are going to delve into the realm of made for tv movies which lifetime original Woo! no <laughs> yeah. that's not what's happening those are terrible <laughs> tonight's feature is revenge of the stepford wives you know it's spring people are feeling domestic and cleaning and gardening so we thought we'd watch a little Stepford Wives and get some revenge and uh just before we get into it because this is a sequel to a classic film one that I dearly love and also there are other incarnations of this uh we will be going full spoilers which we always do for Revenge of the Stepford Wives but we will also be going full spoilers for the original 1975 film The Stepford Wives and we will be spoiling the 2004 remake of The Stepford Wives. <clears throat> so, all three of those films, if those are things you haven't seen, I highly recommend you go check it out. The original Stepford Wives um, is very easy to find for renting and streaming. Currently, it's available with an Amazon Prime subscription, and you can watch it in high definition. We recently, Drew and I, uh, caught a screening of this last month for Feminist March. Uh, they did a queer horror special presentation at the Hollywood Theater, and we were treated to see this uh, Stepford Wives, the original 1975 35mm version on the big mm. screen, and that was awesome. So if you ever get to go to a revival screening and uh, you like slow burn science fiction horror from the 70s, I highly recommend it. Um, this movie that we're going to mainly be focusing on, which is the sequel, is a made-for-television film. It's not as great of quality, you know, much lower budget. But it's something that I like to revisit from time to time, and we'll get into that when we get into our discussion. But you can currently watch it on YouTube. If you just uh, Google Revenge of the Stepford Wives, it should come right up. It's not amazing definition as far as the screen, but it's a made-for-TV movie from 1980. Um, sadly, I don't think this has gotten a DVD release or VHS. I don't think, so. VHS. I don't think um, it's a VHS release. So right now, you know, normally I like to support artists, but I think YouTube is really the only place where you can readily watch this movie, but it is very easy to find. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you can come back to us after you watch it and go, go watch the film. And if you haven't seen the original Stepford Wives, definitely watch that. Andy, you had something to say? I was going to say, we should contact the person who uploaded it on YouTube and see if they have, like, a spare VHS copy of it or something. <laughs> you know, add it to the archive. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't looked um, 
looked on like eBay or Amazon to see what if there's any copies of this that are actually there's probably in some print, old VHS trading going probably. on. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so before before we get too far, um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening to our show, I'm Allison, and with me are my three co-hosts, are Drew. She's really just throwing her voice. It's all Allison in the basement by herself. She has multiple personalities. Yes. No, I'm Drew. I'm her husband. The voice of the raccoon. No. The voice of the raccoon. Oh. I'm going to have to put a picture of the raccoon in the show notes. Andy. Hello. And Chris. Hello. And we gather in person and watch whatever we're going to cover and then discuss it afterwards all together as a group. No Skype or... Google Chat doesn't nope. exist anymore. This is uh, anyway, and local. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Google Plus is no longer. Anyway, we 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 hang out locally on a Davenport and watch whatever we're gonna cover. And uh, for our longer time listeners, it's fun to actually be able to say that now. We apologize for the unplanned sabbatical where we did not do a March episode. Drew and I thought we could go on vacation for a week and come back and resume normal lives and maintain a normal schedule, and then we got struck by the flu and we were supposed to record our last episode. So, sorry guys, we do what we can, but you know. Life has been happening full force the yeah, last couple weeks. Spring, spring, spring has fever, sprung. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully we won't have any more interruptions with our regularly scheduled programming. But so the St. Patty's Plague. Yeah, it was. St. Patrick's Day you know, bit us hard. I had a cold hard. around that time, too, actually. Like, and then everybody one. in my office, it was like everybody down the line of cubicles. Someone was sick, then yeah. I was sick, then the person in the cubicle ne next to me. It was like Warwick Davis put on his leprechaun costume and put <laughs> oh, a hex no. on all of us. I'm the leprechaun! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. I still stand by the original leprechaun movie. I think that's a great movie. I haven't seen that in years. Oh. It's got uh, young Jennifer Aniston in it. PSA, oh, uh, our, friend, our friends at the Horror Movie Podcast covered the Leprechaun franchise just last month. Oh. It was Even a good time. <laughs> Go check that out. If, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, it's a good time. I'm interested. It was, yeah. Drew hasn't listened to it yet, but it's it's right up his alley. It's, it's a good episode. Anyway, <laughs> so I think... Real quick, I'm just going to sum up the basic plot of The Stepford Wives so that we have that as a reference when we talk about Revenge of the Stepford Wives. Andy and earmuffs. <laughs> Andy has not seen Stepford haven't Wives seen yet. I've got to sit over here and humble Well, and I have to say, <laughs> even if you haven't seen The Stepford Wives, it's really part of our social vocabulary at this point it's such a pop culture reference that like people know what a stepford wife is yeah even if they've never seen the movie and that's really the point so that's not really spoiling it to describe this in detail i feel um, like to the point where some people know the term stepford wife and don't know it's a movie yeah, you that's know, very, like, very like, oh, likely, yeah, yeah, Stepford Wives over here. Mm. And they'll be like, yeah, Stepford Wives. You know, like in the movie. What movie? What movie? Uh, <laughs> right. I thought you were just talking about brainwashed robotic women. What well, are you talking where, about? Where did Movies. that come from? It is, yeah, it is kind of a cultural lexicon. Yeah. So in the original film, which came out in 19, uh, 1975, it was based on a 1972 novel by... Ira Levin, who also wrote the wonderful story that was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, my. Um, he really seems to get, uh, I guess, sort of women's issues and uh, the feminist zeitgeist, 
Geist of the time, I believe. That's my opinion. But he seemed like he had he had a good. Plus, he seems like a really happy, uplifting guy. You know? <laughs> oh, he had he had his finger on the pulse of what was on a lot of women's minds at the time, and oh. still, still, he, these are very relevant topics. He today. also wrote uh, the boys from Brazil. Oh yeah, that's a good film. Which is also oh. really awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll forgive him sliver, but uh, <laughs> we'll, yeah. So so Ira Levin wrote the wrote the book, and the book is a lot more in depth as novels are with the character development, but the story for the first film is fairly faithful to the plot, from my understanding, as someone who hasn't read the book. Um, and it's it focuses on. Um, uh, Joanna Everhart, who is a photographer and a mom, and she moves from the hustle and bustle of New York City with her husband and kids uh, to Stepford, Connecticut for the quiet good life, to live in the burbs, as it were. And she likes the noise of the city and the activities, and her husband is kind of pushing back for them to have a more traditional family life and for her to take on traditional female roles. And she feels very out of place in the idyllic Stepford community, which seems too perfect to be true. And the women are all about their housework and their mm. husbands. And they seem like a throwback to a bygone era. And let me tell you, even in the bygone era, when the women were conforming to these traditional roles, they weren't singing like Disney princesses about it. So she's suspicious and she makes a couple friends in the town who are also commenting on how weird it is and they've been there a couple months longer than her and she starts to notice that after you've been there a couple months, you go away for a weekend and you come back a different woman. Mm -hmm. And dun, dun, dun. she is, you know, she's befriends her neighbor Bobby who is a wonderful character and kind of steals the show and uh, Bobby's played by Paula Prentice uh, Joanna's played by Catherine Ross they both give great performances and like I said highly recommend checking this out and tragically Bobby turns into a Stepford wife after going away for a weekend and Joanna discovers that Bobby doesn't bleed. Something's very wrong with Bobby after she is returned. She's basically like a pod person. It's sort of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but with uh, animatronic wives. And it has a dark ending. Joanna does not escape in time. Yeah. And we are treated to a scene where she has a final confrontation with the Joanna bot that will be replacing her. Whoa. And, uh, All the lovable characters of complete, the movie. Complete with bigger dead. breasts. <laughs> they, they make a point of showing you that, yeah. Well, the entire movie, she never wears a bra just to show you that she's somewhat flat-chested, but, like, you know, proud of it and everything. Well, and she's then at the a very cute little end, Yeah, yeah, she's super cute. And then at the very end, she comes running at herself, the evil one runs at the mechanical one runs at herself with giant bouncing breasts underneath the <laughs> negligee because mm -hmm. that's what the husband wanted. Oh, jeez. And, and, and it's not shown, but it's implied that the original women are killed and replaced with these, you know, automaton versions of themselves that love to serve, basically. They live, they're, they're basically sex bot slaves who will raise the children until the children are old enough to, I guess, possibly be converted in some way as well they don't answer those questions i don't know if the novel goes more in depth but um it's yeah you kind of wonder about the kids yeah well one of the one of the children is is a little girl so it's like right her what happens when she gets old enough for marion so anyway uh and it but it cl 
clearly it clearly that. shows that the women are being replaced By with robots. a robotic version of themselves which is interesting when we get into the discussion of the sequel where that's not what's happening and then you have the remake where both are maybe happening they don't really I don't remember really the make a decision well. it's it does, it's not very good it, it does yeah it, it it fits in between that the progression of that that concept of replacement from invasion of the body snatchers and that overall you know something's not right suddenly people aren't quite right, right. they're not you themselves anymore they're not themselves and there's something very and, it, and it's that sort of um the the oddity and paranoia of uh a small town and, and, and is everybody against you and then that carries over then of course like we mentioned earlier in the evening its influence on a movie like Get Out. Oh yeah, yeah. Get Out has that very same, similar like something's not right here. Yeah. Everybody's something's a mess. Strange. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very Hitchcockian. Yeah. You know the the this is all perfectly normal, but something's wrong, and I can't place my finger on it. And are you sure you guys didn't kill somebody and have them up in a trunk right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are just a little too nice. You right. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, I think, you know, we'll refer back to the original movie as we get into this remake and, and, or not remake, sorry, the sequel, and we'll discuss it. Um, but I don't want to, since the original is a theatrical film and we do television, you know, I want our focus to be mainly what we just watched tonight. But I just do think because the remake, um, in 2004 borrows a lot of plot devices from both the original and the sequel, you know, it's kind of... There's this whole universe of Stepford. And if you want to hear an excellent in-depth discussion of the original movie from 1975, check out the Faculty of Horror. They just recently did a Stepford Stepford Wives uh, episode, and it's really good. It's very thoughtful and analytical. And if you want to hear, you know, educated women get get into the nitty-gritty of that story and what it means about feminism, what it... What it meant in 1975 and what it means today, um, I highly recommend that people check out that episode, and I will post a link in our show notes. Um, But moving along to Revenge of the Stefford Wives from 1980, we have kind of, you know, it's a made for television film for NBC, and it's not real high on camp, but it's definitely lower budget and much sillier in ways and also lighter in tone than the original yeah. but it uh it stars uh sharon sharon gless who plays a investigative journalist named Kay foster um she befriends julie kavner who many people know as the voice of marge simpson um and she plays megan brady megan brady is very similar to the character of bobby in the first film and she's married to don johnson who's Character name I did not write down. Oh, Andy. Uh, Andy. Andy, yes. Andy. Andy. Brady, Andy. Andy Brady, yes. Andy Brady, the cop. I should have remembered that. Andy. He's like the only cop in town until the very end of the movie. No, no, no. There's there's the evil head cop. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, like, he is a superior. Yeah. But like for the fact that he's like the new guy in town and they're like testing him out on his cop abilities... He's doing all the work in the town as yeah. far as we see. Well, uh, head cop... Head cop, or maybe he's the sheriff, or I'm not main sure. cop. Yeah, main Ma- cop. Main cop, yeah. Um, main cop looks like uh, the guy, the dad from Punky Brewster. 
baby or yeah, a, yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. A little, little bit or or yeah. Well, it's kind of like him. He has a similar thing of the gray hair, the bushy eyebrows. Where like yeah, I did we ever look up if Diz is? It's a different got, guy. It's, totally it's, got a, different it's a different guy. guy. But like, it took me a second. I'm like, wait, is that the same guy playing Diz? <laughs> Because, like... Nope. Just another generic, old, dapper white right. guy. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, because, like, in this movie, they revisit a few of the characters from the original film, but they're all played by different actors. Like, um, you guys were talking about, uh, there's a pharmacist who has a super hot wife. He's kind of a small character in the first movie. Right. Um, the guy who, uh, Chris pointed out, he's... He's in the thing. He's the guy they take out in the snow, and then fire. he's like, and they light him on fire. Yeah. They have um, <laughs> they have this joke in the first film where um, Joanna and Bobby are going around trying to get women to join a group because there's a men's association, and it's very hush hush what the men do, and it just seems very you know outdated and sexist to the women. So they're trying to start a women's group, and they go around trying to like you know talk to all the women in the community, and they just let themselves into this this couple's house and it's the pharmacist and his wife and she's like making a big deal about his performance in bed they can hear them upstairs getting it on and then later they see him at the pharmacy and they're like grinning and smiling because like the pharmacist is just this like i don't know super doofy guy with this like you know swedish supermodel wife who's just all about him and that is carried over like they're just they're side characters in this again but they show up in this film um played by different actors of course like i said and then um the main the head of the men's association whose nickname is diz he's a character from the first story he um gets his nickname because he were, used to work at disney and so the joke is you know it's like oh he he knows all about those animatronics somebody saw great moments with mr lincoln and they got yep. concerned <laughs> right so they went on the pirates of the caribbean they're like this is too realistic they're gonna start making robots to replace people that'd make a great book yep <laughs> no i mean it's awesome because you know around that time also you had westworld came out mm-hmm. and so people were very concerned about the level of technology in, oh boy, they haven't seen nothing yet. Animatronics and robotics and and so so we get Diz as a as a main character in this story and we'll just refer to him as Diz because that's what everybody calls him in both the original and the sequel. Yeah, I forget um, what his real name is. I, yeah, and I didn't. I neglected to write it down. Diz really. Gears. His last name. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, so we we find in this new story, um, we witness a couple that's decided to leave Stepford, which is oh yeah, that's how it well, opens. No, no. It, the first thing we are treated to is a, is a title <laughs> shot that says ten years later." Yeah, yeah. no, no context. It's <laughs> right. just whatever you were doing ten years after. They, that. Well, it says Stepford ten, ten years, years later. later. So they assume you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you've seen the first. The, one. Everyone is assuming you saw the first one. Or at least know enough about the first one that they can just start off with. Our pre-shots are ten years later. Ten years later. Done. Remember all that stuff in the first one? Well, this is ten years later. I wonder why specifically it's ten years later. Like, why they decided to just not have it be like... (laughs) The next day. It literally could have been the next day. It it didn't matter at all. uh, It's just occurring to me now, too, that because the original film... 
it came out in 1975 and this came out in 1980. It isn't 10 years later. Right, it's five just five years, years later. They're, they're doing a Friday the 13th continuity era so where we jump way ahead in time, future. but it's still the 80s. <laughs> the distant future of 1985. Sure. Yes. Well, it's the year after 1984, so it was a big, a big year, true, true. you know, for oppression and things. So they can put in a line and be like, oh, it's a good thing Ronald Reagan won re-election. Yeah, that's, that's the reason. Yeah. Wait, Nancy Reagan was a Stepford wife? Oh Is that what you're God. saying? Right <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she makes sense. Could be. Just say yeah. no. Yeah. Um, so, a, a couple are leaving Stepford. Um, they're, they try to talk them out of it, but they've decided they want to move to California. It's perfectly innocent. They're not upset. They're not fleeing for their lives. They're just legitimately like, well, we'd like to live someplace else. You know, maybe they're not into Connecticut winters. Although, where this is filmed, <laughs> the, definitely the looks like it's, they want it, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not yeah. seen in Connecticut. They want the original. But they're already in California. Right. Yeah. That's where it's filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Just go across the block, buddy. Well, because then, like, they get in their car and they drive out through the, um, you know, what looks like Laurel Canyon. You know, it looks right. like they're going to pull into the bat. We'll be able to right, 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 right. back cave any second. Uh, suddenly, yeah. they're in the um the the southern deserts of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, and they're run off desert the road. back roads of Connecticut. They're run off the road by local by the locals and killed because no one leaves Stepford. That's uh, right. High speed, twenty five mile an hour. Yeah, it was a, a riveting car chase. Yes, yes. white knuckling all around. <laughs> so we were all on the edge of our seats. So that and, as, and that's the first three minutes of the movie. Well, look, even, <laughs> even the car, even the car, kind of like rolls off the cliff slowly. Like, like <laughs> the it, car it, is bored. It's, yeah, the car just kind of like, like goes over the well, edge. It's, it's like they wanted the to wreck the car, but they're like, "Don't wreck it too bad. Yeah. We need it for a different scene for wrecking a car." <laughs> If we can still, like, roll it off a ramp after this, that would be great, yeah. guys. Like, if you were in that car and it was going off that cliff, you'd still have plenty of time to be like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll out the side. I'm gonna open the door and get out before it rolls down. Right. You have time to think about it. You're like, well, let's see. My seatbelt's pretty good, but that's a pretty steep cliff. It might be safer if I jump out. Honey, should we jump out? Yeah, let's jump out. Okay, we're jumping out now, kids. Everyone out. Oh, too late. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So yeah, my favorite thing about this part is after the car explodes, because all cars, you know, roll down. Oh, they have to have yeah. It's a roll. The, it's, it's built into the The uh, chief of police who was involved in, in causing the accident just stares down at the wreckage. <laughs> just looks. Like, no emotion. Like he's, like, he's not showing emotion, but he looks like he's just like, yeah. Mm. All in a day's work in Stepford. <laughs> and as he's looking... It's just something you gotta do in Stepford. Our main character's driving by in her adorable Beetle convertible. And With you're one thinking, gray fender. And you're thinking, lady, this is not the day to come to Stepford. Nope. <laughs> this is... I don't think around. any day is the day to come it to really, Stepford. It really, really isn't, <laughs> yeah. And so... Unless you're like a Stepford husband. Honestly, like... I would say when you watch the movie, honestly, like even if nothing, absolutely nothing nefarious was going on, 
you'd get bored really quick. <laughs> like, I know why those people wanted to move to California, because mm-hmm. you'd just be like, wow, nobody here has any personality, or, you know, yep. it's like nothing to do. You'd think right. with a guy like Diz around, the least he could do is put in a mini theme park. I mean, come sure, on. Sure, <laughs> Right? Or, like, one, an just interest... one dark ride. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like a creepy wax museum with a couple surprises. <laughs> come on. Or even a putt-putt golf course, man. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. going on. There's nothing to do in Stafford, except for apparently... I don't know, there was a woman in this dusting her plant, which, I'm not going to lie, I've done that before, but she was dusting every frond of a fern. Uh-huh. Yeah, every every individual individually. leaf. She was way into it, the way that like a horticulturist would be if you loved your plants. Stoned. But yeah. she was in like a 70s frilly frock, so I don't think that's what was happening. But well, we do find out she is stoned in a way. So. Mm-hmm. Oh my. That's right. So so our main our main character Kay rolls into town in her cute little beetle and she immediately notices a lot of weirdness. Like, people want to know what she's doing there, and she asks a woman for directions right when she gets into town, and she hears the siren that she'll be hearing a lot yeah, more of throughout siren. her stay in Stepford. And there's this siren that goes off throughout the town. It's Four times a day. obnoxious, and women suddenly stop, stare into space, and take a pill when this happens. This happens throughout the film. And... It's implied that they're constantly medicating themselves to maintain their Stepford-like personalities, which is a big switch from the original where the women are just outright replaced. This implies that the women are now just, you know, have they been through some kind of bizarro Betty Crocker MK Ultra program? Yeah. I think <laughs> that is the reason they do the 10 years later, mm-hmm. is they're probably like all sitting around in a board meeting going like, okay, how long would it take them to ditch the whole animatronics, decommission all the robots, and then, well, terribly expensive. and then zip around the other way and well, start doing a, brainwashing. Maybe it's a twofold. Like that's maybe they change to do a brainwashing thing. One because robot special effects would add too much to the budget, but then they can also. If, if they don't go the angle of, oh, we're killing the women, replacing them with robots, we're just brainwashing them, right. then they, that leaves them open for, like, the ending. Sure. Yeah. Like that ending, like, and also they, it leaves them... It's how the revenge happens. Yeah, yeah. it also makes the people less evil, because, like, the movie is a serious downer. But, like, this the original, one... Yeah. The original. But, like, this one, like... Because they're not killing them, it's There's slightly potential. less bad. Yeah. Like, seems like a network. You're like, you know, sure, they're turning them into brainwashed sex slaves, but at least they're not killing them. Right. Well, well maybe, maybe that's a network note where they're like, can you not kill the women this time? Well, right. it's not, not going to play well. We also oh, find that the, this is the 80s. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> we, we also find that this, this condition is also completely reversible. Right. With not a whole lot of effort. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, another major deviation there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe Stepford had like, some economic... I mean, I know that there was... I wasn't alive in the 70s, but, you know, there was the gas crisis, and there oh, were yeah, some recessions, sure. just like we've done. Robots are expensive. And, and yeah. yeah, they are. I mean, we're, we're... Drew and I, because we're artists and, you know, love 
all kinds of weird quirky things are sort of nerds for Disney Imagineering and I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the making of the Haunted Mansion or the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and you know watch these videos from the 60s and 70s where they're talking about how they built all these characters and mm. it's so much time and money and it's it's millions of dollars to do these projects so like they're not just handing out maybe realistic a, lives maybe yeah. that's a logic thing too where it's sort of like the the sheer amount of effort that would require you in, in such fast turnaround to make a robotic clone of somebody like it, it would be yeah. it would cost way too much and and would take too long in a. It's just easier at the end of the day to brainwash. To brainwash him, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, it's also in the first in the first film you can see um, Joanna's husband, who's a complete douche, by the way. But he, you can see the actor does a good job of portraying him, and you can see him having an internal conflict of like he, whether he wants to or not anymore. He has joined this association. There is no way out. And part of the deal is you, you have to kill your wife and do this replacement wife bot thing. Like, because they're, it, it's the solidarity. Like, well, we're all in it. Right. So no one can squeal and ruin it for everybody. And you can see that he's starts heavily drinking and poor, poor man. So tormented about the thought of <laughs> killing his wife and replacing her with a sex bot. But in this, it makes sense to me, like, if I was a writer and I was thinking of the story, well, if you wanted to be able to expand this and make it more accessible to the community, but also get everybody on board and be okay with it, a lot more men, or women, if the role was reversed, would be okay with having their significant other brainwashed, you right. know? Right, than killing them. Because even though it's total sociopathic bullshit, it's, it's like, you can tell yourself, I'm helping them. It's okay. Right. We fight all the time. They're not happy. This will make them happy. Well, you can, like, lie to yourself way that. more they're when you're not murdering not someone. Given, they're also probably not even given the full gist of the story. I'm sure they mm -hmm. tell John Johnson's character, like, hey, we're just going to make him a little more... We know how to make your wife a little bit more docile. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to send her to a re-education. Yeah, we're going to make your wife love cleaning. Yeah. It's not that she's just and, cleaning and because like, she also, doesn't know any better. Also, you got to be the town cop. And he's like, awesome. That's yeah, great. In, in a town can, where there's no crime and everybody's happy. Uh, well, right, yeah. And they kick uh, him can, down a really then awesome Then can I house. move to Miami and be a cop? Yeah. <laughs> I know. How great is the the... I don't know, part of the hook for me with this is, like, there's just such a great 80s pop culture well, reference because you have Don Johnson from Miami Vice married to Marge Simpson. Yeah. And they're in Stepford. <laughs> yeah, you guys, so good. you guys told me Don Johnson, and I was like, I'm so on board, let's watch this thing. But then he was in probably, like, 14 scenes before I finally realized that, <laughs> that was Don Johnson. Hey, it's such a baby face. In this. Yeah. He's, he's only, uh, 30. It's only a few years before yeah. Miami Vice. He's, he's 31. Yeah. We were wondering how old Julie Kavner was. Right, the, she, was she was 30. 30. Oh, she looks so young. Yeah. yeah. Super young. They're all babies and, in and this. And so he's, he's like 31. Yeah, and so, um, anyway... As I said earlier tonight, she's a great voice actress. <laughs> Basically... She does okay. It's a TV movie. Right, that's yeah, true. I don't really feel like Everyone in this movie is... Let me put it this way. Don Johnson wasn't acting circles around Julie Kavner. No, Catherine. he was not. Actually, she was acting circles around him. Mm -hmm. So... I felt, though, that the the lead actress... 
Oh, Sharon Glass. Oh Glass? yeah, she was she really was good. Great. Yeah, she, she was, was good. Se- she was really selling it. Well, you mm-hmm. know who it is? It's um um she was I think Cagney and Cagney and Lacey. Right, right. That's totally yeah. right. I used to watch that when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Well, my mom the watched it. Daily. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she was good. I got kind of like also like a Carrie Fisher kind of vibe from her. I don't totally. Know yeah, I could see that. Um, so I mean, basically, you know, Kay, her main character in this. She gets a motel room and she's gonna. She's been sent to the town to find out why is Stepford so amazing. They have it's the perfect town. They have a low crime rate. Nobody ever moves away. Everybody there's really successful. Life expectancy, blah blah blah. And mm. it's caught the attention of the investigative television program that she works for. So she's supposed to do like recon and interview and find out if this is worth having a story. Which freaks the men's association out to no end because they have things to hide. And while this is happening, um, uh, Julie Kavner's uh, character of Megan Brady and Don Johnson as Andy Brady are staying in the motel as well because they just came to town and he's a, on a probationary period to become the new police officer on the local police force, which seems to be consistent of two men. Right. There's like the police yeah. chief and Well, him. three. Three. There's was the there police another, chief, another... him, and the other cop at right, the very end. Right, right, okay. So, uh, it's a small force, small town, and so there, she ends up befriending uh, Megan because she needs somebody to help her take notes and organize, you know, all of her research that she's intending to compile while she's there. And it immediately gets weird. Like I said, day one, she rolls up and she hears the siren and watches the woman stare off into space and take her pill. And and she goes into a dress shop to try and find some normal clothes to wear just to hang well, out she's in. she's going to a women's clothing store. Yeah. Well, it turns she, out she wanted they only sold dresses. Some, yeah. some, some sure. jeans or overalls. 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 They got overalls. <laughs> I have this lovely one. Everyone seems to enjoy doing housework in this, like a full dress. Not mm-hmm. a gown or anything, but it's the classic Stepford dress. It's really, yeah. it's like, it, it's like a, if you haven't ever seen any of the images from any of these movies, it's very much a throwback to like the Victorian era, but with a 70s low cut twist. It's kind of like slutty French maid meets it's, Victorian tea party. It's hmm. a dress that you would see on the cover of a 1970s easy listening album. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And. It's absolutely. Uh, Carpenter. What's For fans name? of the movie <laughs> yeah, The Love Karen Witch, Carpenter. Karen Carpenter would be wearing this dress mm-hmm. yeah. on the cover of an album or like in a video or something. For fans of the film The Love Witch, which I highly recommend checking out if you like um, some fun artistic art house cinema that features around the occult and gender struggles. So it kind oh, yeah. of ties if, into this. If you're into like weird, uh, like seventies costumes and like set design and just like the nasty polyester, and uh, the original Stepford Wives is mm-hmm. like, optimum for that. But this has some good. This has some really interesting white wicker furniture and yeah, but, lots but of furniture. they're really trying to continue with the vibe yeah. on their limited budget. You can tell. Yeah, no, they, I was gonna say the costumes and the sets. You know, I mean, it, despite the fact that it's obviously California, it was really you know you you feel like you're <laughs> your parts of Connecticut. Yeah, it was it was Stepford enough. I would say <laughs> it's it's not it's not bad at all, and and eventually because there's a little bit of mirroring of the first film with this one where. Um, Megan goes away for a doctor examination 
to basically go get assimilated into the, the yep. Stepford get reprogrammed. the Stepford machine so she can be a good get... Stepford wife and she and which you know Kay stick her head in the microwave for a minute Kay immediately notices that something's wrong with her and uh, um, there's this coming out party which it's been a while since I saw the remake but I feel like they have this exact same coming out party. Well, it's like a, which yeah, it's is, like a debutante. It's like a debutante yeah, ball, but yeah. they don't have a scene like that in the original. So right, the people no who the people who made the two thousand four remake of the Stepford Wives that was supposed to be just of the first movie took elements of this movie as well, and it can't be an accident. I'm sure they watched this. That's really interesting to me because usually big budget Hollywood films with stars don't pull material out of a made for TV movie. Yeah. But that but the two thousand four movie totally even aware that pulls this from movie this even movie. Existed. Yeah. Because you have a couple things happening. Um, because there's definitely brainwashing in the plot of the two thousand four movie. There's also a robotics plot as well because you have um, like Faith Hill plays a character she can like dispense cash with her mouth. It's really <laughs> disturbing. Because they're like, we have CG and we're gonna use it. Um, Stepford Wives, you know, extreme. But they also make it a dark comedy, and it doesn't work. Uh, because they feel like it's an insult to the message of the first movie and the well, anxieties that it explores. There's a degree of, like, satire and maybe some dark humor initially, or, like... It's really right. crass. I but, it's, it but just... yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think that nowadays, like subtlety just goes out the window and they have to kind of like you kind of have to just browbeat your audience right well, the audience doesn't get satire like and i i could forgive all of that if they could have just decided do the women get turned well and one man because there's a man who goes to the stepford process in the 2004 remake are they being brainwashed and medicated like in revenge of the stepford wives or are they being turned into robots and the movie doesn't clearly answer the question it kind of goes in two directions and it implies that the process can be reversed just like in revenge of the separate was it was it written by damon lindelof i don't know i didn't even bother to look but um i saw in the theater i really don't remember any of that part though that um, was during my time when i used to watch a movie every day in the theater uh just because yeah (laughs) Watch a lot of horrible movies. It's con- it's a confusing mess, and I don't understand early two thousands how you get that out of the material. But they but the interesting thing, and the reason why I'm even talking about it at all, is how much they pulled from this movie, from this TV movie, um, because you have the debutante coming out party, and you have the brainwashing, and you have, as we'll get to, like the reversing of the process. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically in a nutshell, it's it follows what happens to Joanna and Bobby in the first film with their friendship where Joanna's horrified to see Bobby change. But the great thing, kind of, I mean, it takes away from the meat of the story and it's also being rehashed, but in this story, you get to see Megan come back, which is what you would have loved to see happen to Bobby because she was such a charismatic, fun vibrant character and it's heartbreaking when you realize she's gone forever like that's terrible and in this Megan you know Julie Kavner gives it her all but like she's 
not Paul Apprentice, and she, you know, and Megan, <laughs> Megan's just a different, a different character. But, but you get she comes back, and it takes a little while, but basically through a process of denying her medication and, and giving, giving her, her alcohol, and getting her boozed <laughs> up, yeah, because she comes around. They're given the husbands at their coming, their wives' coming out party are given like a certain set of rules that's really yeah. easy to follow. Very specific. Don't give them booze. Yeah. And don't do any housework, because if they don't have housework to do, they'll get bored don't, don't, and do something else, and it'll cause problems. Don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. They're a little mod-wise. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and don't give them... Make sure that the dosing of pills is always at the same time, and don't worry, we have a siren... So everyone knows when to take the pills. Yes, and don't we don't take too many pills. Oh man, I wish now that there was a Stepford Wife uh, Gremlins mashup of a story <laughs> where the women, like, if the they miss their medication, or if they drink booze, suddenly the Gremlins well, like, come out. Turn into, well, like green. Yeah, because you could do it with genetic. Thing. It could be a genetic modification horror story. <laughs> oh yeah, instead there of you ro- go. instead of using robotics or well, I mean, you'd use medication, but you wouldn't use robotics. But you could genetically, through gene therapy, yeah. improve people. Improve. Yeah. And then if they don't take their meds, they turn into mutant party monsters. Okay, uh, we just another blockbuster okay, here on we're gonna, Davenport. I'm telling you, we're going to have to cut all that out because <laughs> right now there's some guy in L.A. doing line after line of coke, like... <laughs> Mashing away at his typewriter, just like... <laughs> like, it's genius! <laughs> yes! This is going to be so good, man! <laughs> we're going to have an electric gremlin, and we're going to have a lady gremlin, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have a spider gremlin. Gene <laughs> therapy. Gremlins, too. And one of them will be eating a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is one thing I was sort of curious about because not knowing nothing about the movie going into this, I was thinking like, oh no, like is she gonna try and get her friend back but end up doing you know some dark irreparable brain damage to this person? Oh because yeah, because of which would be more yeah, realistic because of right. you know like the the terrible indoctrination and horrible mind affecting drugs that she's been taking. Sure. But no, she comes back to normal just fine. Don't worry I wanted about more it. robot mm-hmm. stuff. Occasionally, there's some funny robot stuff. There's like yeah. Don Johnson goes off to be like a, a pretend cop, and uh, Julie Kavner just kind of like he walks out the door and she does this like half robotic turn. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's, it's it's her brain trying to remember what am I supposed to do when the yeah. husband leaves. All right, start watering plants. Yeah, and... right. <laughs> well, and an interesting twist in this when the women don't get their pills, or even when they do have their pills, they are programmed to be violent on command sometimes because like when oh, yeah. the the wife oh, yeah. the wife of the of the head of the men's association which is interesting diz has a wife in this because in the first film like 10 years before yeah. doesn't have he he doesn't have a wife because you kind of get the feeling like he looks down on women and he's just like well, providing this service to I all like- the men in the original, it kind of implies also that he gets to sleep with everybody's wife if he wants well, to, the possibly. Bots. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, the he, I think he breaks in the bots at his Playboy mansion. Make sure, you know, they work properly. Sure. Um, I, I feel like that's going He's Oscar on. Isaac in Ex Machina. <laughs> so, so yeah, so he has a wife in this, and she is basically told to try and back into uh, Kay with her car pretty early on in Kay's stay in Stepford because they think 
well, if we just kill her or make it look like an accident, no one will ask any questions, right. and then we won't have to Stepford her and keep her, and what are we going to do with this spare woman that we have, because we've got so many brainwashed women already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like, a <laughs> so weird sort of side plot is that, like, the man who runs the hotel she's staying at, Hotel Motel, I don't know. Uh, With a great restaurant. It's a cute, it's it's kind of a cute little, like, faux storybook little motel, motor lodge type place. The motel is, like, definitely someplace you get murdered at. Like, it's, it's... He's got a wine cellar. But then, uh, yeah, but then he has like a like I'm, a fake Italian bistro right. attached yeah. to it. Right. Yeah. Well, like the I'm restaurant's pretty, three times uh, bigger than the motel. I, I'm almost positive that the motel is made out of drywall panels and nothing else, or right. even <laughs> sheets of cardboard. It's, it's the motel you like when you take the painting off the wall. There's a hole behind it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and no, an eyeball blinking at yeah. you. Because because Wally Wally is kind of a perv, the guy who runs the hotel, and he has he's like crushing on Kay. You can tell, and part of the reason why he's crushing on her is because she's still a person, and you can tell that he misses being married to a person, having conversations with women that are actual conversations. Basically, all of the things that he agreed to have like erased from his wife's brain he now misses he's like oh well no one can drink wine with me because my wife can't have alcohol but also she's a dunderhead because you know i had a brain scramble so she Mm -hmm. wouldn't think too much or complain ever or put up a fight um and so you feel real sorry for wally when he's you know (laughs) drinking wine and commiserates and he almost spills the beans to Kay. He almost tells her like basically this is what's up wally also seems to be the only customer of of his, his own, own restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. True. How is he making money? Because you get the feeling that Stefford doesn't like strangers and outsiders, that it's like an invite-only situation. No There's never anybody in Or maybe restaurant. when Stepford first started years ago, he had a booming business, and like they're like, we're going to get rid of all the people that come to town. He's like, but what about my motel? They're like, fine, we'll kick you down money too. It's a front. <laughs> it's just a front. He just holds the town's wine right, and he's right. there yeah, so it. that they look normal because, oh, we have a Every motel. once in a while when they don't feel like eating their wife's perfect cooking every night and want to go out and drink together I almost feel like a really leave good, the wife at home. I almost feel like a really good subtle touch to that, those seeds of the restaurant would be like if there was like an inch of dust on everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. I like how Kay tells Wally she to try to rent office space so she could, you know, spend time hashing out her notes and doing her research rather than do it in her motel room. And she's like, I couldn't find any office space to rent. And he's like, well, it's not that kind of town. Like, what the <laughs> hell do you think goes on in the office? Oh, well, if a woman's in the office, it's got to be a prostitution ring, right? Yep. Massage parlor? I don't know. But Is also, that what it was No, implying? it's, well, he actually. I thought he was implying that it's not that kind of town, like you don't have offices. Well, no, he did that first, but then when she said, Hopefully you don't mind if I conduct business in my room then. And he oh, like gotcha. definitely was like, That's her, 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 what's going on there? Yeah. Um, Lady conducting business no, but initially it was like we're not the kind of town that does. Oh, you mean like if she was if she was like a, a traveling Avon lady? Is that what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Avon, exactly. Totally. She's you know Avon calling. doing Avon facials Avon. and makeovers. She got rid of the pink Cadillac and mm-hmm. got a yellow. Volkswagen. I thought oh, the Cadillac, no, like, maybe the she pink, got mar- the maybe pink she's is Mary Kay. Yeah, maybe Avon, she's Mary Avon Kay. Avon, I don't think, yeah. has a color theme. Anyway. 
So yeah, so Mary Kay would go over really well in Stepford. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's like a Mary Kay woman in some alternate universe making bank and Stepford. <laughs> yeah. Driving around her pink car. Yeah. <laughs> That's another great angle. Yeah. They never looked at. Hmm. That's what the women's organization is, actually. It's just Mary Kay and Tupperware. Oh, that's, that's another thing, is this movie has a women's organization where in the first movie they tried to get it going, you know, the new people. Yeah. But, like, this one, they already have a women's organization, but as uh, Marge Simpson, I keep forgetting her real name. <laughs> well, the character's she, name is Megan. Megan, in the movie, was describing the women's organization. It's all about, like, Oh, you learned the greatest things about getting out stains on your husband's clothes and doing the dishes faster and... Yeah. All important information. All well, the important and, information and all of us ladies can share with each other at the women's organization. Basically, the other women just strapped her to a pink torture chair. It's, um... What did you guys it, call it? Barbie's oh, it execution the bar Barbie's chair. electric chair? Yeah. With and executioner then, kin? And then they put a big bubble dome, like, hairdryer thing over her head that's, like, part of the brainwashing With a single blinking light in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So that you know it's doing and something. And even the, like, little Velcro, like, cuffs to keep their hands at their sides are pink. Yeah. I love it. Uh -huh. So that's... So that's, dumb. that's what goes on at the women. It's that's like she's getting her hair that... done... But they had to lock her down to get her hair done. Yeah. So that's another thing that I that I was curious about because while they're drinking in the bar, after that the the wife of Diz's wife comes in. Right. To go kill. To to go kill her. But they're not robots, but they oh. can be controlled remotely. Well, no, the, the well, it's because there's the beeping the noise. First, yeah, the, the first person who tried to kill her was Diz's wife. The second person that tried to kill her was Wally's wife. Wally's wife, right? And yeah. she just like picked oh, up a kitchen that. knife. Yeah. And then later, later Megan does it. Yeah. When when uh, Kay tries to take away her pills. Yeah. When they get freaked out, their go-to is Which just get the nearest knife and just like stabby, really, stabby. Really yeah. bad planning. It because is. You're programming, you're building in for violence. How is there not going to be a revolt or an occasional husband getting murdered because sure. somebody yeah. missed their pill or The somebody... husband drops the pills down a gutter and then he's holding the empty pill thing and she's like, I need she my pills. Give me my pills. Stabby, stabby. <laughs> yeah, so then, so there's a lot of weird, Jim, weird why violence. why give him all these knives? This is a terrible <laughs> idea. And, and, you know, seeing... Seeing Julie Kavner as Megan bopping around her kitchen in a frilly apron with a giant butcher knife is kind of hilarious. And she, like... Yeah, that whole scene's ridiculous. And then she kind of... Because before she goes stabby-stabby, she's all confused. Yeah, she and, robots like, out. running around, turning everything on and yeah, turning everything turns off. Turns the blender on. She picks then... up the egg beater and holds it to the air. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She tries to get the water the to come out of the, out of the faucet inside of the refrigerator. I do that when I'm stoned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew some people whose cats used to do it. They figured out that the water was super fresh, so they would, like, hit the bar on the refrigerator and drink out of it or just uh, make a mess. <laughs> yeah, my she... cats can open the refrigerator. I have to, like, duct oh, tape. Oh, no. I have to... <laughs> Chewie's figured out how to do it. I have to duct tape the refrigerator door closed. Because he'll just, like, open it up and, like... And he never it. shuts it. Yeah. And he never well, shuts faster. it. I'm like, I don't mind if you, like, ransack yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to get something out of the refrigerator, at least close the door out. Right. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Cats. Cats, So man. disrespectful. I know. What was he raised? The barn? <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> the cat I had growing up was born in a barn. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... 
So, does anybody, like, while we're or proceeding on to, like, towards the, the awesome ending of this movie, does anybody have any favorite moments or things they want to share? Like, things that we haven't mentioned yet. I don't know. I, uh, towards the end of the movie, when, um, when Megan's got her mind back and they're, yeah, resting control of the siren, the, the lighting, for some reason, only this part of the movie, the lighting, they've got this excellent, like, shadow and bright light mood lighting that was very, like, Italian filmy. Yeah. Talking. Oh, yeah. It was only, like, the last five minutes of this movie. They highlight their eyes. Yeah. And yeah. Then there's, there's all these wonderful shots, like, reaction shots of the women in town when the, when the, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, the alarm is going crazy and they're, like, turning and looking and there's a bunch of like nice close-up and zoom yeah and like soft like, focus yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, it, it it got it got really interesting there like 50 <laughs> um, of the budget was spent on like the last 10 minutes of this yes movie. Oh, probably yeah. and the movie is i mean it's a tv movie from 1980 so it has kind of a slow <coughs> pace that's punctuated by some moments of weirdness and then the ending is just like balls to the walls like right it's the revenge Are, well, they have, portion like, yeah it's it's like the original, it's a slow burn as well. I mean, there's not yes. a bunch of uh, cars blowing up or anything. You know, it's it's not a bunch no, of we, we, we got a single car that they junked in <laughs> yeah. this movie. Yeah, one car blew up. Um, <laughs> what is this? I'm going to change the channel. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got <laughs> you in with, oh my god, they're blowing up cars in this one. This yeah. one's going to be super action packed. This is going to be good. And then proceeding after that is just slow burn for a long time. And it's like there's all those odd commercial breaks that pop in there every once in a while. Yep. And you like it definitely reminds you it was made for TV because you're just like watching it and you're like, okay, cool. And that, that scene just ended and now we're somehow in an office. I don't know why. Yep. But Following up over here. No worries. Smash cut to office. Perfect. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you got a lot of this slow burn. And then in the very and most of those little scenes between all those commercial breaks. It was very small cast, you know, like, it was always, like, a few people at a time. And at the right. very end, it's like, there's lots of different scenes with multiple, multiple people around. Did the big yeah, all the right. yeah. So, like, I think they really just, like, for the last, after the last commercial break, we gotta spend all the money on this, you know, all these scenes. We want this to be the good finale. We yeah. want this the one that people talk about at the water cooler tomorrow. <laughs> I think it was kind of funny how, like, at the end, when when Megan's kind of, like, back to normal, and then Don Johnson comes in, and, and uh, he's basically sold her out, you know, and yeah. he's like, I'm sorry, I, I love you, I really messed up, and she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, sure, suddenly we Don, can make this work. Don Johnson decides it's not a good deal, Andy, and he, and he slugs one of the other guys and decides to oh, rebel yeah. at the last minute, but we don't ever see any moment where he, like, suddenly realizes that he'd made a mistake. Like, it's a really weird no, shift it, it, that just that's happens a, that's out of nowhere. A, that's yeah, a and deleted it, scene on and the DVD that doesn't exist. And we're supposed <laughs> to just trust him at this point that he's... Right. I kept thinking the first time I watched this is like, oh, it's he's totally yeah. going to sell them down the I thought river. that too, yeah. Yeah. Because when you watch the first movie, it's always a trick in the end. And everyone's dead. Yeah. No one can be trusted. But this actually has... Kind of a happy, <laughs> aka batshit crazy ending, where so, yeah, yeah. the be the beginning of the end is when she gets her back from hypnosis, and she gets and, Megan back. Right, yeah. Megan. Megan is no longer hypnotized, and now they got to figure out how to like get out of town. 
and so they they fake one route that they were joking about, you know, taking so that everyone gets thrown off the wild goose chase, and so then they're gonna go catch the train, but then Megan gets caught, and uh, she, cause she's not where she's supposed to be. Well, all, all the she's women... She's not at home right now, and where's her husband? Yeah, they, it's so obnoxious. Where's her escort? They, all the women that have been Stepforded, the tradition is most of the men work outside of town because it's a bedroom community. Everybody works elsewhere and then <coughs> takes the train in to Stepford. And that's, you know, that's actually really common in a lot of communities. But, so all these women are dressed, you know, like, they are at Petticoat Junction and they're just waiting for their husbands to come in on the train because they want to greet their husbands at the end of their day, which is sweet, I guess. My but it also takes the is a little weird train. and outdated for this, you know, town in 1980s. You know, all these women are just longingly waiting for their husbands to get off the train and they're trying to sneak onto the train once it arrives. And so they notice, you know... They're like, oh, well, Megan's husband is the local police officer. He's not a commuter. And they say it in a snobby way. Like, he's not a commuter. He's a cop. He's not a businessman. Mm -hmm. Blue collar. You know? And so they're like, she's not where she's supposed to be. So they physically remove her and then take her, basically... Take her back to yeah, Diz. Take she her needs to, to be Diz. reprogrammed. Diz, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... So, yeah, she's back at Diz, and then Kay, who almost got on the train, and, like, it makes it like she did get on the it train. Yeah, they make it look like she left. But... Oh, I completely forgot about... I, I do remember a train. I just completely right. forgot about that whole <laughs> There's There's a lot going on in the last, uh, after the last commercial break. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, like, then, uh... Megan is sitting there in the room with Diz, and she's about to get reprogrammed, but uh, she's not going to get reprogrammed the the new way. I think she's going to get the old way, because she says, you know, you know, you can't do anything worse to me. And he says, oh no, there's worse. And I think that's implying to the first movie, where we just make a robot of you and then kill you. So uh, before he can do that, though, Kay shows up out of nowhere with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. She stole it after two by fouring Andy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She whacks a lot. That wasn't of a two by. That was like a, a like six by eight. It yeah. was a giant chunk <laughs> it was of a wood. Big piece of wood. She whacks a lot of people in the head in this movie, and it's she satisfying. Does. Yeah. yeah. She. she That's knocks. right. Cause she hit Megan, Megan with, with the, the chair. chair. Well, Megan. Megan was trying to stab awesome. her. Right. <laughs> she was so. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's trying to stab you with a yeah. kitchen knife. She hits I think her you're allowed to hit him with a. Basically, she hit him. Shit hit her with, uh, not the, yeah, I'm pointing in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pointing on the podcast. See everybody? Look at the chair here in front of us. But it's it's like a rattan chair, like an it's 80s, 70s that, like, rattan chair. It's like chair. a wicker chair. Yeah. It's like. It's not gonna make that heavy of a blow. She's gonna, yeah. Uh, Megan's gonna turn around and be like, "Ow, cut up, butthole." Yeah, <laughs> it's still a blunt object. If you swing it hard enough, I think. Yeah, ra damage. rattan hurts. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't you break your, uh... I did, I did. Yeah, I broke I, your I, hand with Yeah, one of my hand. hands was broken. Jeez. Yep. Ow. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so she comes in with the gun, and then the siren goes off, and so Diz laughs, you know, like, you can't get them all, that siren, you know, you can't leave 
because Megan's having issues. She's looking for her pill. She's got to get her fix. Yeah. Well, she's and, having the Pavlovian response. Right. Like she was trained over and over. When the bell goes off, you take your pill. And even though she's right. like mostly out of it now, she's still tr- like she's still triggered. You know, certain. right. And so when he makes the comment about you know like the siren's gonna get him, that's when she remembers that in the beginning. He said something about don't let him take too many pills. So then she goes to the next room and just oh. starts hitting that siren over and over again. And all the ladies and stuff just keep popping pills until they're all gone. And the men try to stop them a few times and the women are like, no. They and get then, violent. Yeah. yeah. They're going to go stabby stabby if you try and take their pills and away. And the, the tall, beautiful wife of the pharmacist basically like pushes his scrawny butt aside. She's like, <laughs> No. And all the women start to get very angry and start to... I don't know if they fully realize what's been happening to them and that's what's going on. I, or, yeah, I don't know if they're unbrainwashed or if they're just malfunctioning. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like at no, first they, it just makes they, it seem they like they know they're, they're programmed to be violent. Yeah, yeah. They, see, they seem pretty unbrainwashed at the end when they're Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. The, the grand finale is they come down the stairs from the alarm room because... Diz somehow, I forget how he gets the drop on her. Yeah. Oh, it's after Don oh, Johnson no, his... shows back up and says, Baby, I'm sorry. And she says, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go well, home with you. Uh, At Diz... least you're not Homer Simpson. <laughs> Diz's, Diz's wife shows up and unties him. Oh, and yeah, that's she right. gets the gun. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. And then right. so Diz shows up with the gun and he's like, Haha. Now I'm going to brainwash you, and they start going down the steps, and every single woman of Stepford is at the bottom of the steps, and they're not happy. Yeah. And they're out for blood. They are. And then they show it, basically. It's a pretty gruesome ending. And they, and they rush right past Kay, and they're not going to hurt her, because, you know, she's not Diz, and she's also dressed like one of them. So yeah. they rush up, and he ends up falling off his balcony, to where there's more women waiting below, and they all wearing see, high and heels. They he like, stomp he like him falls to off death. the balcony yeah. and just does this half-assed roll like a couple feet, and yeah. then falls maybe like eight feet. And yeah, it it's, it's basically like it's 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 the beginner stunt man. You know, it's like he was a little afraid <laughs> of what <laughs> was going on. Like, that's cool. We got a, a good crash pad for you at the bottom. He's like. I don't know. That's a whole story. No, I'm jumping. Well, you think, can't jump uh, off the second floor. I think the stuntman called in sick that day, and then oh, like, yeah. they were like, they asked the actor, and they're like, "No, you got to do it yourself." And, and he's the like, actor what? said, "No." And they're like, "Best he's, boy, he's Griff, like, where are you at?" Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I have to do Columbo tomorrow. <laughs> like, can you put Can you put some pillows and some mattresses right. down there? And... Yeah. So, yeah. Best boy, Griff had to do it. I think. Yeah. I feel like the guy that played it. Diz maybe did do an episode of Columbo. It's the right. Probably does. Yeah. Yeah. Probably did an episode of Columbo, and then later on, at the very tail of his career, did an episode of Murder She Wrote. Yes. Oh, he totally yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that was the that was the uh, that was the Law and Order of its day, right? Like Murder like, She Wrote was here. on for a very long, time. very long time. There's like twelve seasons. I've seen most of them. There, there's a review that I, I read this from the Wikipedia article where there, it, it doesn't say who wrote this review, but it was basically saying that. This ending, uh, quote, Despite this more satisfying ending, however, the intelligence of the audience is further insulted by the fact that the credits roll directly thereafter, <laughs> leaving us with nothing to explain the director's methods or the fallout that would naturally occur after these events. Wouldn't it be interesting to see the women confront their husbands following their deprogramming? 
wouldn't we like to see Kay's triumph as she tells the story of Stepford to her TV audience? Yeah. Well, well, and that, that again, get... though, is a, a very Italian thing. We're like, nope, movie's over. Run the credits. Oh, you know what? Yeah. It's totally like an Argento thing. Yeah. We're just uh-huh. kind of like, okay, movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're done. Get out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have written down who directed the original Stepford Wives, but I do not have the director of this film. Oh, oh this Andy. film? Down. Yeah, I looked that okay. up. That was... We didn't, boy. So, the very end, he gets stomped to death by high-heeled women. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, Which I feel like it's a fetish uh, for Russ Meyer kind of thing yeah, going yeah. on there. So this was this was directed by a man named Robert Fuest, F U E S T, and this was a about his tenth movie, but it was on the downward slide of his career. Oh right, because you were saying yeah, some other things he did. Because he directed a movie. Um, oh, that's a, right. A little bit earlier, called uh, the Devil's Reign or Hell's yes. Reign or something. <laughs> And that movie, with William Shatner, apparently, in the in-between times between Star Trek The Motion Picture and the uh, the original series there. Yeah. Um, John Travolta's in that, too. Right? Yeah, it just yeah. is a bit part, but it's apparently his film debut. Um, Known as uh, Shatner's golden era. I yeah. think oh, yeah. I've yeah. seen this movie, Monitor but I don't commercial. fully remember it. Yeah, but a, yeah. A, according to Robert Fewist's uh, Wikipedia page, that movie basically destroyed his career. Yeah, and he only he only made three movies afterwards, and uh, yeah, one of them was this. It's an entertaining. Uh, Devil's Reign is a very entertaining movie, but yeah, I can see destroy definitely how his career. Like, you can see how the yeah. movie might destroy. One's well, no, career. because <laughs> I like he, I like seventy Shatner films. They're I know, horrible. Me too. Oh, okay, they're well, so bad. They're, they're so deliciously if, horrible. If you like seventies Shatner movies, another. And, you know, I I like this. I liked doing a TV movie for for this episode. This was this was good. Um, another one that we should watch in the future is called Impulse, and it's from like the early to mid seventies. And Shatner plays a serial killer, oh. it, and it's again one of the most unintentionally hilarious movies mm. ever. Like he just. Somebody, but he's on a date with a woman and, and a guy selling balloons bumps into him and and he's like, what's the, what's the matter with you? <laughs> what are you doing? What, what's the matter with you? It's it's really good. So we should we should watch that in the future. Hmm. Nice. Well, yeah, yeah, I feel like occasionally we should. I mean, we did Ghost Watch Watch last year. Oh yeah. And uh, I feel like you know occasionally we should do do a, a made for TV movie. That's sci-fi quite or horror. Few, yeah. yeah, quite a few good ones out there. I feel like that would that would work. Well, so um, we didn't even touch on what was it Stepford, Stepford Children. Oh yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say so so if people watch these Stepford films and they husbands. can't get enough Stepford, there is the Stepford Children, which came out in 1987, and it stars that really adorable actress that was in um, My Boyfriend's Back. The, you know oh. I can't think of her name right now. Right. I think she's like the main Stepford child in it. I have not seen that movie. I don't think anybody else anybody else seen Stepford Children. No. no, yeah. Probably not. I feel like most people haven't. But that's that's a thing that exists out there somewhere. It was also a made by t- or a made for TV movie and then they followed that up in 1996 with The Stepford Husbands. Hmm. So if you really wanted to go all out, you could watch all of these films 
A Stepford thon. And then the Stepford universe. I guess. Oh. Follow it up with the 2004 Stepford Wives remake or not. Why not if you're completist? But yeah, if you're completist, there's so much Stepford. And there's also, I think, I saw in passing that there's like some kind of TV show Stepford. Oh yeah, that like they tried to bring it back. Is that like a was that a fictional thing or were they making fun of Suburban Housewives? Because I wasn't sure if it was like a reality TV. You know what? I'm not sure either. It was like. This is, you know, you've seen the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and here's the Martha Stewart cult over here in this community, and we're going to watch them freak out about doilies and shit. Mm -hmm. So, sorry about all the cursing, guys. Mm -hmm. It's been a stressful week. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so... so Real quick, just because you mentioned it kind of in passing, um, if you are done watching Stepford for a while... And you, you need something a little more uplifting. My Boyfriend's Back is a very oh, uh, a underrated um, kind of cult heard. classic yeah. not a lot of people have seen. You should go out and watch it because it's freaking hilarious. And it's got a, a very young, what's his name, from Lost. Um, the doctor from Lost is in My Boyfriend's Back. Oh, uh, Matthew Fox? Matthew Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he really? was on Party of Five, too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a cute movie. I really huh. liked it. I remember you hearing it's actually Introduced me to it. It's, yeah. It's, it's the, possibly the original rom-zom-com. Rom-zom-com. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. yeah, I think so. I don't know it, if there's any rom-zombie craze. Oh, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Was, by like a decade well, Does it predate, what was, uh, it, there's that movie, Wes Craven movie, Deadly Friend, isn't, I think that's a similar. That know. involves robotics. It oh, was like it? Mm-hmm. it was. That's a robot. Zom, uh, not rom, or com. As does uh, as does. <laughs> it's also terrible. The greatest uh, movie in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Three. Yeah, the witch. witch. I like has that one a lot. Robotics in it. Yeah. Very nearly watched that the other night. My my favorite one of my favorite um, robots gone wild or robot conspiracy films is uh westworld I guess oh yeah the the original with with yule brenner and i, I enjoy future world the sequel a fair amount too mm. but west westworld's just great matthew mcconaughey's in it too super young as guy number two nice. whoa nice. <laughs> um it's from 1993 it is listed really? as it's a teen old. romance okay, so what's the name of the actress uh tracy lind okay as Missy McCloud. You know what? I had her confused with a different actress that's in Stepford Children. I'm sorry. I thought that was her. It looks like her, but it's not somebody else. Um, anyway, not that any of that is terribly important. Um, but it is a good movie. Not related to what we're discussing tonight, but related to the topic of our show. Has anyone seen the new Twilight Zone? No. You can watch just public service announcement for all of our listeners who might be interested. You can watch the first, very first episode of the new Twilight Zone series produced by Jordan, and also hosted by Jordan Peele um, on, uh, I think on YouTube, and also just uh, C- it's on CBS All Access, which is a pay add-on channel which is where all of the episodes will be streaming, but you can watch the first one for free. They released that to YouTube where everybody can watch it, and I watched it. It's really good. I'm they're, really excited. They're using the uh, heroin selling method of 
We'll give oh, you yeah. the first, first hit free. Yeah, first one's free. And then you can pay for the streaming I mean, service if you want more. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to let the series go for a little while and then do a free trial of CBS Seven day free All trial. Access. And then yep, Drew and yep. I will probably binge, binge that. Yeah. But it's really impressive. I'm really excited for what that's going to bring to the table. We won't really discuss it in depth here because it's not... 20 years or older. No. And we do retro stuff here. We'll do the but, original Twilight Zone. It's not even a month old. I really think, I think Rod Serling would approve. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, yeah? I think it's, it's very detailed. There's tons of Easter eggs to the original series. Um, so many that you have to like look them up because there's no way you would catch them all. Right. But there's so much detail. It's not just Easter eggs And, though, and right? Jordan Peele like... does a great job of hosting and you can just tell that this is a passion project that they really want to do this. They love the original show. They want to be respectful. And, um, you know, I just, I think I highly recommend it as somebody who is a fan of the original show and also, you know, we're big Night Gallery fans. We love pretty much everything Rod Sterling did. And this feels like a nice... A nice modern tribute to that. Mm-hmm. It's very much relevant, and I, but you know, and I also think that this series that was very much like Twilight Zone, the modern series Black Mirror, oh, is, yeah. is a really good series. That I feel like this has the potential to have a little more of the levity that Twilight Zone often had, and some of the humor because Black Mirror. Every episode I ever saw was just bleak as hell. Yeah, so it's ambiguous and at best. The Twilight Zone is not. That's not the Twilight Zone. No, like it has its dark moments. It has its light moments. It has its funny moments, um, and lots of weirdness in between. And I think that's what we're gonna get in Spades. And I think that will be great. I think yeah, it's gonna be a quality show. So uh, here's hoping. Check that out, guys. Yeah. Um, our next episode will be. Our animation episode and Woo-hoo. get it. I know we keep, what's next month. We keep promising our bonus dark first bonus dark shadows episode, and I'm sorry, guys. We definitely still intend to do that, and we will be getting on that soon. But life has just been full on lately, and and we're all fine here. You know, no worries. Anybody who's listening, it's just there's just been a lot of stuff and lots of you know unplanned events, activities, and life expenses. So. We, we do what we can on the side in our non-existent free time and try to get these episodes out because we love it. So, uh, But May, for sure, we will have Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Which we are pretty excited about because I think it turns 20 years old this year, right? It does. Like it's, it is 20 now. We'll celebrate the 20th anniversary of Courage the Cowardly Dog, and we will talk about several great episodes. And, oh. and it's definitely in the horror vein. It is a dark Scary it was wonderful. Really, it's, it's more yeah. horror than like we did Scooby Doo last year, and Scooby Doo so yeah. is fun horror kind of, but like you know deep down it's not really horror except until you know the churn with with the the zombies on Zombie Island. Yeah, you know, but like the original series and everything wasn't super dark really. Where Courage. Is really dark. It's strange, and it makes me wonder what it did to little kids. Because I was, I was a teenager when it came out and loved it. I never watched it because I I guess I would have been like late teens, early Mm. twenties around that time. I I was young and impressionable, and I saw Courage. I remember seeing the pilot when it first came out. Oh, uh, wow. I, I will go into more detail about that when when it comes out next month. That may be one so of the do, do you watch. think it's do you think it's one of those kind of like 
like I look at old Ren and Stimpy episodes from like the first season, and some of them are so like mind-numbingly like like the Space Madness one is really dark and right and uh, is it kind of on that level where you're like I can't believe this one on TV yeah 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 like, oh, it's, it like, is a little bit like that excited have you never watched Courage I have never seen it oh, oh you're gonna you are, like it yeah you Chris. are in for a treat my friend. you should actually I mean we'll pick out some episodes to watch sure. but you should just binge some courage yeah, i should yeah do you like, like a free make yourself, boomerang trial and make yourself yeah. a nice oh, cocktail because it's all in you boomerang. know hang out with the cats <laughs> for comfort yep. and just just enjoy the strangeness <laughs> oh i'm down so, it's it's a little bit um david lynchy mm, in a way okay so for those Very of you cool. who are listening and are interested in listening to our next month's episode and you want to you maybe you've never seen courage the cowardly dog before which is likely um you can currently stream, I think all of the episodes are available through Boomerang. Probably, And yeah. Boomerang does offer a free trial. I don't remember exactly how long. I want to say seven days. They're usually seven but days. But I don't know that for sure, so apologies if it's not seven days. But, you know, you could definitely watch a couple episodes because it's, you know, a half-hour cartoon yeah. format for I mean, and get a feel for it. if you did some serious it. binging, you could watch all, every Courage the Cowardly Dog episode fairly easy in seven days. And we, we don't, we, we have a rough idea of what episodes we're going to be covering, but, you know, I don't think you need to watch specific episodes in advance, but maybe check one or two out if you're interested so you have an idea of what we're talking about as far as just like the characters and the vibe and the visual design of the animation for next month's episode mm. because that's going to be a really good time and i know we're definitely doing an are you afraid of the dark episode because summer even though it's been raining and cold and dark and gray here summer is right around the corner and that will be that's my my one summer goal is to do that for sure and then we'll do some other stuff in between figure it so, out yeah It'll be like a June or July thing. Unless we're feeling a little bit naughty. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that doesn't know Courage already. And then a... just extra side note, because we tend to like to ramble at the end of our episodes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know so what you're talking about. Drew and I were recently at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we're dorks and we love theme parks and hey, adventure and stuff. I'm not a dork. I'm really cool. I'm a dork. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We ran around Super in mouse cool. ears and, you know, like a, like a, like a proper grown-up. We, but, we brought our, our squirrel puppet with us. <laughs> yeah, we did. Our pet squirrel. And we made him small mouse ears, and he mm -hmm. posed for pictures with people, and people loved it, and it was awesome. Because, you know, we're we're adults. So, anyway. That's okay, as long, that's okay as long as you don't, like, talk through it and talk to, like, other people. and No. Squirrel, squirrely is mute. I used to go to this McDonald's well, downtown. Don't speak English. I used to go to this McDonald's downtown, but I stopped going because this girl works there, and she's always like, "How can I help you today?" With a and hand puppet? No, the hand puppet. She's like <laughs> just doing a hand she does, puppet like, voice. Funny voices, uh. and then she's like, she's like, "I like to do funny voices. I don't do this other voice because my friends hate it when I do that." And I'm like, "Oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't even imagine." <laughs> <laughs> And I'll take a McRib. She's, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. she's just doing you a favor. She's trying to scare you off. Give me a triple fish. cheeseburger and let me go. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> anyway. Anyway. So. Yo, Disney. Yeah. I don't know. We're. I'm bringing this up on air. We can edit this out later if you guys don't want to have this in the show. Oh, wait. So, pause for editing. No, okay. Yeah. Pause <laughs> for editing. So. 
there is a ride. We have not been on it. It is currently at Walt Disney World, but it just got converted at the Disney California Adventure Park. But it used to be a there used to be a Twilight Zone ride called the Tower of Terror. Yeah, the Tower Terror. of Terror. And oh, I forgot that was Twilight and Zone. it relates to us because one Twilight Zone and weird ride history and you know Disney theme park is a fun topic of discussion. But they made a made for television. And it's Disney, the Disney Channel, but still made for television movie of the Tower of Terror about the ride starring Steve Gutenberg and what? Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> and when we're feeling super silly sometime later this year, I think maybe we should cover it if you guys are game because oh, so we could talk about this ride that like is probably the one in California is con was converted into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which if anybody ever goes to that theme park, that's old news, you know. But um, the one in Florida, and there's, I think there's one in Tokyo, mm, are still Paris? in existence. Maybe. Paris one is under construction. It's being converted into something nobody knows what. Oh. Um, but the one in the one in Florida is the original one, and they they you know had a little film intro, and they used Rod Sterling. They um, spliced together. Uh, footage from old Twilight Zone episodes in order to make the dialogue and then they had a voice actor fill in all with the approval and go ahead of his wife who was alive at the time and she uh, approved the choice of actor who was gonna do his voice for some of the voiceovers on the ride but it was it's a classic Twilight Zone themed ride and seeing how there's a new Twilight Zone that's probably gonna be wildly popular and Disney has to license Twilight Zone to be able to operate the ride. That ride's probably in danger as well um, to being changed into something not Twilight Zone. So I think it would be fun to talk about the movie based on the ride, based on the Twilight Zone. Oh, you had me so... at, You had me at Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, and like you have young Kirsten Dunst in there. And it is within our... Uh, time frame of actually being considered retro because it is a 20 year old plus Gutenberg film. in a horror movie I, I, I love it already so, well, Disney horror I don't know when Disney that's horror. yeah it's it's interesting no, well, it, Police Academy 2 is pretty scary <laughs> it's goofball and it's not it's not something I can like openly honestly recommend that people go check out but I think it's an interesting bit of weird stuff that relates to a show that we dearly love that we will come back to time and time again on this podcast, but it's like a weird facet of the Twilight Zone. I yeah. think it'd be fun to talk about it, and I think it'd be fun to watch the movie um, because it's just a weird mashup of Disney and Twilight Zone, and who who would have thought that that ever would have existed? Yeah, strange but bedfellows. It's been around. <laughs> so the ride, I think, the first ride opened in like 1992 or 93, um, and uh, yeah, we we sadly missed the boat on going to seeing the one in california it's but we did get to see a really awesome animatronic rocket the raccoon yeah because it's been refurbished really? into a guardians of the galaxy ride but other than that yeah it was a very impressive animatronic yeah it was very cool does howard the duck come out also no no the ride made me want to die so oh. but we'll talk about that later when we talk about tower of terror because <laughs> That is Allison if we learned talk that about drop it. drop rides are not for me. And um, pause for editing. <laughs> That's why I never am gonna pull Mickey's tail again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you guys. Oh, 
one what? more final quick note before I go. I would be a, final thoughts. I would be a total jerk if I didn't mention this because it was such a nice thing. Um, so even though we did not podcast last month, I did a little bit of podcasting last month. Oh. Um, I was a guest on Land of the Creeps, which is a podcast that I have listened to for years and been a fan of, and they invited me to join in for their discussion. They were doing women in horror last month, and we discussed films films by various uh, female horror directors that we felt like warranted discussions, and we talked about all kinds of great things. Um, Near Dark was discussed. Uh, we talked a little bit mm. about American Psycho. Also classic. We talked about... Oh, man, I feel like a jerk because I don't remember all the things we talked about. And what about. was your pick? My pick was Blood Diner. Oh, yeah, that yeah. classic. Yeah. 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 So that's I will. My friend Aaliyah. Classic, classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Schlock. Yeah. Love that movie. Yo, I thought it needed to be brought to the table. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. So, yeah, I, I definitely. I would have covered. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre would have been my choice to cover. Well, these were what, yeah. were, what, what were that's your, a great movie. What were you choosing? Like your favorite horror movies? Not directed not, by women. Directed oh, by I women, see. and you could bring. It didn't have to be a favorite. You could bring whatever whatever you wanted to talk to sure. or talk about to the table, and uh, it was uh, fairly open ended. And so I just thought, you know, I don't hear Blood Diner get talked about a lot. I'll I'll talk about that one because it'll be fun and different. And I mean, I love uh, slumber party massacre to bits, but that's like one of the go-tos when they say, Oh, female horror directors. And I'm like, right. Oh, you know, and, and for obvious reasons, but, um, but it's land of the creeps is a great show. Um, I highly recommend checking it out if you're a horror fan. Um, not just because I was a guest on it. <laughs> that was a big honor for me. And it's just been well, really you were nice. A guest on it because you're a listener. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, Land of the Creeps and Horror Movie Podcast and Retro Movie Geek have all been big supporters of our show and brought some listeners our way. So big big thanks to all of them. And I will post a link in our show notes. And do check out that uh, Stepford Wives episode of Faculty of Horror, which I will have links for that as well. Um, you can find links and show notes and photos and a little blurb about each episode on our Haunted Davenport website, and our home site is currently through Podbean, so you can find us at thehaunteddavenport.podbean.com. If you want to get in touch with us, the best way is probably through our Twitter. We have a Twitter account at Haunted Davenport with one D, so you can find us there as well, and we post announcements and various things of interest in the land of retro horror and sci-fi television. Yeah. Anybody else have anything they want to say before we sign off for this this April episode? You need to write. Uh, what was it? What was the station that this was on originally? This oh, on NBC. NBC. Mm-hmm. You need to write NBC and tell them you demand a digital remaster, Blu-ray mm-hmm. release, Blu-ray uh, interviews, uh, deleted scenes, yeah, director commentary. Director commentary. That guy needs money. Come on. I'm gonna leave you all with a line from Revenge of the Stepford Wives that I particularly enjoyed, where a husband of a newly minted Stepford wife wife was being told instructions for how to care for his Stepford wife, and he said, "Without alcohol, will she do what I want?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Kind of an odd one to 
go out on. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and cue the music. Yes. <laughs> All right. part that I 